I'm Kara Infante, and this is Bookish Flights. In each episode, I chat with one bookish guest as we take some time to sample and savor the pairing recommendations from their bookish flight. We hope to give you suggestions to cultivate your TBR list and nurture your leisure time through books. In today's episode, I am chatting with Cynthia Newberry-Martin. Cynthia's first novel, Title Flats, won the gold medal in literary fiction at the 2020 Independent Publisher Book Awards and the 14th annual National Indie Excellence Award for Fiction. Her website features the How We Spend Our Days series, over a decade of essays by writers on their lives. She grew up in Atlanta and now lives in Columbus, Georgia with her husband and in Provincetown, Massachusetts in a little house by the water. Her third novel, The Art of Her Life, will be published in June of 2023. Welcome to the show, Cynthia. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be here and talk about reading. I'm pretty much of a fangirl of your show, so. (laughs) Yay, well, thank you so much for listening and I'm so glad to meet you. Um, Why don't you start by telling us a little bit about who you are? Sure. Uh, So when I'm listening to a podcast, I always like to visualize uh, the person who's talking and where they are in the world. And so I am actually in my little house by the water in Provincetown on Cape Cod. Oh, that's so great. Yeah. And so it's wonderful. It's my favorite place in the world. Uh, I, uh, I was a reader before anything. Uh, and, uh, the first 20 years of my life were pretty much all French all the time. So if I wasn't reading, I was doing French and the second 20 years. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, I even went to a French camp in Vermont during the summers. Uh, Okay. Yeah. It was like an immersion program. Well, you know, I guess so. Uh, The counselors all spoke French and we could do these things called French days where we spoke French all day long and we could accumulate them and get pens for it. Uh, So, yeah, it was really fun. Uh, So I learned all the sports, but I learned all the terms in French, uh, which was fun. (laughs) Uh, so after that, then uh, the next 20 were basically practicing law and uh, raising a family. And uh, those two kind of butted heads uh, in the beginning of 1989 when I was pregnant with number three and got sick for a couple of weeks. Okay. And that was it. Something had to go and it wasn't going to be any of the children. So (laughs) I, I stopped practicing law, uh, you know, and, uh, raised the children and, uh, actually had another one had number four. Okay. And so I was, I was, it was probably about six years before I had a second to myself. I'm sure you understand that. 100% (laughs) do. (laughs) I even have this little card that's on my desk uh, in in Georgia that that I wrote down the the free times I had. And it was like two moments in, you know, 1996 and four (laughs) moments in 1997. Anyway, so when I started having uh, some free moments when my youngest was two, I started thinking about, well, am I going back to practicing yeah. law? And uh, and I 
I'll tell you, the way I survived uh, being home with the kids was reading. Yes. It was my lifeline to the world. We must be the same person because I, <laughs> your story is resonating <laughs> with me so much. <laughs> well, I just, uh, you know, I always a reader, but somehow during that time, it was like reading on steroids because I discovered all these writers I'd never heard of. I had books everywhere. I don't know. It's so weird because now I can manage to like read one book. But in those days, I had a book in the car, a book downstairs, a book upstairs. Uh, I called it my car book for the one in the car. It was yeah. like I couldn't count on remembering the book yeah. as I moved from one location to the other. So I had them stationed in every spot. <laughs> I love that. And I think like yeah. you're saying that to catalog our free moments as moms or, you know, as dads too, right? Of working full time, right. all that. But you can sneak in five minutes of reading here and there. And that can be an uncatalogued moment of free time. And so I totally am resonating with what you're saying because that's, it's like my outlet of motherhood because I might not be guaranteed a time, an hour to myself this afternoon, but I can sneak in five to 10 minutes of reading. Sure. And uh, like waiting in a carpool line, 10 minutes, you know, uh, here waiting for a kid to come out of a birthday party, any of that. It just, it totally diffused, uh, like impatience. Yeah. If I had a book, I was happy and it didn't matter how long I had to wait. So, yeah. and all the doctor's offices, oh my gosh, a book, how I always had to have a purse big enough to fit the book in. Yep. <laughs> Anyway, so uh, because of that, uh, when I started wondering about whether I was going to go back to practicing law, the lawyers were no longer the my heroes, so to speak. It's yeah. like everything changed. And I thought writers were the uh, were the heroes, were the real heroes. I mean, amazing that they could uh, you know, write these, create these worlds where I would get lost for hours and hours and days and days. So I began for the first time in my life, um, in my, um, uh, in my early forties to, to think about writing. Okay. And, uh, and so that, that was really fun. And, uh, and so actually the, uh, the book that I, you know, and I read novels. That was what I loved. I okay. loved novels. And so I wanted to write a novel, right? Not a paragraph, not a sentence, but a novel. <laughs> right <laughs> Gotta go big. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, I had, um, I could write, you know, legal briefs, trust, wills, sure. all of that. But creative writing, entirely different, totally different. I bet it's a different muscle up there. <laughs> yes. It's just really interesting that I loved reading so much, but I had about uh, a, an inch of a creative brain. Like my right brain was so, so, so underdeveloped. And my left brain was the boss of everything. Yeah. You know, Because you had been a professional, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and it was just always my nature. I always like I had my list um, when I was little and couldn't go to sleep at night. My mother would say, well, just 
keep a piece of paper and a pen by your bed and write down what's bothering you. And then you'll be able to go to sleep. And it was true. And so, so it was, uh, I think the reason it took me so long as a writer was I had to, uh, switch, I had to switch brains kind of, and, Mm -hmm. and, you know, use my right brain some. So, yeah, I I can relate to that as well. Cause I, I've said it before on the show. I'm like, I don't always consider myself creative, but this has been a creative outlet, this whole podcasting realm. But I was a trained physical therapist, so I was on the other side of my brain for a long time. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. So, writing the the well, blog posts, right? It, it's been trying to build a new muscle for me. Yes, totally. Yeah. Um, and I don't know how much you get into your children's birthday parties, but when I found myself really going overboard on, you know, uh, <laughs> pirates and uh, treasure hunts and all, I thought, okay, something else is happening here. And yeah. uh, so that's when I, uh, a friend of mine, actually, I said, I don't have a creative bone in my body. And she said, oh, yes, you do. Yeah. <laughs> it's in there somewhere. So how, once you kind of made this decision to switch, how did you then get into it? Did you take courses? Did you go to workshops? I know they're out there for writers or how did you do that? Yeah, so I uh, I did exactly that. I started, um, first I just started writing, you know, like I said, a minute here, a minute there. It probably took me from the first few moments of free time, uh, it probably took two or three years before I really had enough moments in a row to say, okay, I'm in this and I'm doing this. And then I started, you know, the internet was, was really new back then. Uh, I think we had, I think we got our first family computer like 1995. Okay. Um, and it was, Uh, so, you know, sometime after that, it wasn't 2000 yet. And, uh, I started looking and started going to a writing workshop in the summer. My first one actually was 1999, the Napa Valley. Yeah. Napa Valley writers workshop. And my husband was so great because, uh, of course the kids were little, super little in 99, one, not even 10 yet. Uh, and, uh, and so he was super great to say, go do it, have fun. And that's the way it's been the whole time. And what a hallelujah moment, right? Of like, mom gets to (laughs) escape to go do something for herself. (laughs) It was unbelievable. And what hilarious to think of is just, uh, when you said that it made me remember that I had, I didn't like book a hotel room. I booked a little cottage so okay. I could have like the fake sense of coming to my own place yeah. where only I lived. Uh, yeah, that was fun. That was really fun. A quiet place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Okay. So then, okay. So you went to this writer's workshop. I imagine over the course of this 20 years, you've had a lot of different ideas for stories and for these novels that you were wanting to write. Where do you get your ideas from? You know, it's all different ways. Uh, It helps me to think of it specifically novel by novel. Uh, When I I first, I don't, I will say off the top that um, I don't ever feel like I'm really just making stuff up. Okay. It feels like it's coming from somewhere. 
like it's coming from a real place, either, you know, uh, it's coming out of me. I guess everything I write has some little piece of me in it, or I start to describe an object and all sorts of things come from the object, or I look out the window and describe something and it just all, uh, so it doesn't feel like I'm making stuff up, like out of thin air. It feels like I'm more like I'm um, shaping clay. Okay. Things that are already there. The first novel I wrote, the one that I started right out of the bat, um, back in, whenever those moments were in the early, in the late 90s, um, came to me first, I was describing characters, women, okay. and the choice, the different choices they'd made uh, in their lives, you know, one had children, one didn't, yeah. and and so on, and one worked, one didn't. All the well, I had five, six, seven women, but you know that's not a novel. But that's all I had for a long time yeah. until I got an idea for a story, and so that was twenty five years ago, and that's the novel that's going to be published this June. So that's oh very exciting. Oh, so I was going to mention that as part of what I was going to add is that I took that with me. I just, I had already told Cynthia listeners that I went to Atlanta this weekend for my cousin's beautiful wedding. And I, I got to take your book with me because I wanted to have, you know, read some of your works before I went and I went by myself. So I had a lot of time to read, which was fantastic. Um, and I was going to say, I felt that in your writing, it felt like it was, I dove into this person's life and kind of followed her story. Like it felt just like I was following someone in their, in their daily life through their story. And it was emotional too. Which Is that I, the art of her life yes. that you were reading? Yes. yes, the art yes. of her life. Yeah, that's the one. I mean, that's yeah. the one I started writing right off the bat. Yeah. That started with the characters. Yeah. Okay. And I, I imagine that's two very different things, right? You need, you do need to have the character development, but you also, the storyline is going to be a very different piece to that as well. Right. Uh, and then other times, uh, like with the second novel I wrote that is not published, uh, it started with a scene. I had a scene in my head. Uh, somebody said something to me about how, um, how women just were so quick to uh, to stop working to take care of the kids, and uh, and then they had no access to money <laughs> and uh, of their own, and uh, you know not even enough to buy a lipstick. And all of a sudden, I had this entire scene yeah. flash before me. So that was uh, the second one, uh, which has a great title, but it is not published. Okay. It's called Between and gone. And I, I feel that for those of you that maybe haven't <laughs> made that leap, there's no right or wrong answer, right or right or wrong decision. Oh, no. But no. that going to the stay at home mom status is it's definitely a culture shock in my life, I think. <laughs> I agree with you. And, yeah. uh, and that's why reading was such uh, a lifeline, because it was like, you know, when I wasn't going out into the world anymore yeah. to work, it was like through reading, I could belong to this, this thing, this group of women, this tribe of women that was bigger than uh, me, you know, it, I could belong to something that was bigger than myself. Yeah. And uh, 
it just, it's a very empowering feeling to read those, those books and you just fall into these worlds. Yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, sorry to take you away from your writing a little bit, but I was like, oh yes, we could write whole books. <laughs> oh on no. That. Oh yes. Totally. Whole book. Professional to stay at home mom. Right. And I, you know, I tend to write, um, with all of the books, uh, about, uh, that I'm just, fascinated by the the pull the push pull between um time to oneself and time together and uh and so long-term relationships and marriage are just perfect for taking a look at that so that's generally what i write about um other ways i've gotten ideas crazy ways i mean when I decided I wasn't going to, um, I was going to take a break from writing. Uh, I just kept getting insistent. Like I would be (laughs) minding my own business, reading or watching what was going on in the world. And I got these three ideas over and over again. I had a title. I knew it was going to be about a marriage. And I knew that one of the characters was going to have something to do with Vietnam or Afghanistan. Okay. And uh, I kept trying to ignore it. And uh, I finally, uh, I finally gave up and wrote those three things down. Uh, And that that novel became title flats. Okay, well, I love that because that's your was your creative brain calling. That means you honed it enough that it was calling you. (laughs) I know. And I'll tell you what, it was really my third novel that I felt like I felt such a victory writing the third one, which is Love Like This, which came out um, a month ago in April. Okay. Uh, I, because I felt like that is where my creative brain reached over and knocked my left brain <laughs> out of the way and said, I'm taking this one. <laughs> and it. Uh, yeah, it was so great because uh, I would, I would work, you know, intently and then I would get up to go walk and the, uh, and the novel would just write itself while I was walking. Really, it was crazy. Wow. And the sh- I'd take a shower. I mean, I could barely drive across town without having to stop and make some notes. And I would wake up in the middle of the night and write notes that went into the novel and that are in the novel. Uh, and I saved some of those notes, you know, and I learned to try to, I learned to print and to write large <laughs> so that I could uh, read the next morning what I had written. It was a crazy time. Yeah. So I feel like now, now we're, we're, I'm dealing with, uh, you know, equal parts, left brain and right brain. Oh, that is so great. Well, I'm glad to hear the triumph has come (laughs) and that flowed really easily because it sounds like maybe in your first few novels, you were writing them over a length of time. Yes, that's true. And so it, but this one, this last one, the love like this sounds like that might've went a little bit faster because it was just rolling with you. Well, it was, it was, uh, so the first novel that, um, the art of her life, which I learned how to write on took me 10 years to get, to get it to a place where I felt like I could move on to something else. Okay. And then over the years, I've gone back to it, um, you know, and made it better as my writing got better. Um, and then the second one took me five years and love like this took me three. So wow. I'm a long writer, but, but I, you know, getting better. 
Yeah. What does your writing process look like? Are you writing longhand? Are you writing on the computer? To avoid allowing my left brain to, to interfere, uh, I write on the computer. Okay. Because if I'm writing longhand, before I can get to the end of the sentence, I'm already revising the beginning of the sentence. Oh, okay. Yep. And so for a draft, I like to just let it go, you know, and write whatever, however bad it is, however terrible it is, whatever direction it takes me in. I like to have it on the page before okay. I start, you know, messing with it just to see what's there. And so I can type so fast yeah, on the so computer yeah. yeah, that I don't end up thinking at the same time, you know, revising at the same time. So that's what I do. Yeah. And I can imagine with your writing, right? Like I'm just envisioning you're able to read a lot more because it's taking a lot longer. So that's where your, your brain starts kicking in on the other side. So. Exactly. Okay. Well, that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing all of that with us. I love hearing the journey of how it took you. And um, like you were kind of saying back to about how writers are heroes, right? I think being readers, we appreciate so much. And I know that people pour their entire lives into writing these novels. So for <laughs> me, they're like my heroes, my celebrities. I don't watch much TV because um, my days are so loud with the kids that at the end of the night, I'm like, I just want the quiet of a book. I don't want to listen to something coming at me from the television. Maybe that will change later in my life. But right now, that's where I'm at. So authors to me are the heroes and celebrities. And and still for me, too. But I will say that uh, becoming a writer has uh, has changed my reading a bit. Okay. Uh, because, and this is a bit unfortunate, but um, I don't, um, if I'm working for five or six hours with words uh, on the screen or on paper, revising or whatever, then at the end of the day, I do want something different, True. like a series or something, something that I'm watching, something where I'm not uh, dealing with words. Yeah. So being a writer, unfortunately, has reduced the number of books that I read. Uh, and I read in a different way. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is the best book I've ever read. How did she do that? Yeah. And then I start taking it apart piece yeah. by piece. Yeah, because you know the logistics now, so you can do that. <laughs> <laughs> I want to figure out how she did it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this is the perfect segue. So what type of books do you like to read? Oh, I love to read, uh, as I said, novels. Okay. Um, and my favorite thing to read is a novel uh, that goes deep into the life of a woman. Um, okay. You know, not a surface thing, but uh, but really deep. And I, it also, uh, I, I want the language to be, uh, I want the writer to care as much about how uh, they're telling the story yeah. as story itself. I really okay. love language. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's probably what drew you to writing as well. Loving the language. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So what about, and yeah, I know you said you're like, my reading has gone down because of looking at words all day. <laughs> Can you do audiobooks or is it still kind of the same? Cause it's still words and format. Well, I do um, occasionally, like if I'm going to be in the car by myself for five hours, sure. I will download an audiobook. But okay. what, 
almost a hundred percent of the time what happens is that oh my gosh i have to see these words on the page <laughs> so then i end up buying the book i just did that for rebecca mckay's new novel oh, i yeah. listened to it yeah it was okay. great i listened it in the car and the, the narrators the audio uh narrator is great uh and then I was like oh my gosh I have to see what this looks like on the page and bought the book so <laughs> yeah. oh my goodness that's so funny um well and you've been so gracious today to prepare a book flight for us of some of the books that made you want to become a writer and I have not read any of these so I am super excited to talk about these today <laughs> You probably weren't even born when they were written. <laughs> One of them I was. So, <laughs> but it doesn't mean, I actually try to, with my reading life, I am part of a book club now of women and we try to read classics within the year. And I always kind of did that even before this book club where I would try to read maybe two to three newer novels, but then switch back to read a classic. Because um, I felt like, I mean, like you said, I think I read them in high school, but I was just doing it to pass the grade, right? I wasn't really reading it to enjoy the story and immerse myself in it. And so I've been doing that over the past, you know, probably quite some time, eight or 10 years of trying to like sneak the classics in here and there. Oh, yeah, definitely. Me too. I used to do it like every January. Uh, I would pick a, a classic book that I'd never read before. Yeah. And I kind of gotten away from that a little bit, but I used to love that, really look forward to it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a different, I, I've learned to enjoy them. But I feel like the pace might be a little bit different or the storyline. So, well, why don't we switch gears a little bit and head out to the book flight you've prepared for us today? Yes. It was so much fun to prepare the book flight because, uh, one of the things I love doing is uh, what Ellen Gilchrist called playing with books. Mm -hmm. You know, I get the books and get down on the floor and look at them and turn back and find favorite passages and such. And so it's such a pleasure. And I feel like it was such a gift to be able to prepare the flight and look back at these books that I love to reread and that I haven't actually picked up in a while. So Thank you for that. You're welcome. And I think for us, I mean, I'm speaking on like the broader reader scale, but for me, I love to hear what you guys are reading, right? Because you guys are the professionals. So for me, <laughs> I love to hear what you guys are reading as well. So thank you for that. All right. So let's go ahead and start with your first book today of the book flight. Okay. Uh, so my, um, my book flight is, uh, as you mentioned, the books that uh, made me three of the books that made me want to be a writer okay. and uh, oldies, but goodies, uh, one from the seventies, one from the eighties and one from the nineties. Okay. So I'm going to start. Yeah. With, uh, the Anna papers by Ellen Gilchrist. And uh, this book was published in 1988. And Ellen Gilchrist is possibly my favorite writer of all time. Okay. Uh, she, yeah, she's from Arkansas, Mississippi. And I got to meet her in uh, 2020 at Ox in Oxford, Mississippi. Yeah. Oh, how and exciting. So signed, yeah, a few of my books. Uh, but I was, a you know, I have every single book. Uh, okay. she wrote. And another thing I do is uh, when I really, really love a book, I'll have it uh, in paperback and hardback. Uh, okay. And 
And I have this one in paperback and hardback. So being between two houses, do you, where do you keep them? How do you do this? Um, or do you yeah, keep one at each? Well, I just, you know, I knew I was going to be doing uh, this talk talk with you. Okay. And so I um, thought, you know, I really should keep these books that I love. This is, this is like perfect. I could take the paperbacks up there to Massachusetts and have all my favorite books wherever I am. Uh, but my suitcase was really full. So I just managed to bring one, <laughs> the okay. one I'm holding. And uh, the Anna Papers is, um, it's the story of Anna Hand. And uh, what I love about this book is that um, Anna is brilliantly herself. I mean, okay. she is, um, it's, it's a, there's a voice that comes through in this. And I didn't have many, uh, I had plenty of role models growing up for, uh, being a mom and, um, the family life and that sort of thing, but I didn't, uh, and, and what I was supposed to do and manners and how I was supposed to behave and <laughs> all of that. But yeah. not many role models for letting your wild self through. And so yeah. Anna Hand and Ellen Gilchrist are kind of uh, that for me. And so what I'd like to do, if it's okay, is read you just a, a short paragraph. Yes, let's from do it. Book. Okay. So this is from chapter two. And uh, uh, the narrator is writing about playing hide and seek in a neighborhood. Okay. And um, it says, I'm going to start. Anna could outrun Phelan. And when he was it, when he had captured all the other children and dragged them into the garage to sit on the prisoner boxes, when Helen and Daniel and James and Neal were captured and defeated, caught and shamed, they would sit with their hands on their knees and gaze out at the darkness falling all over their yard and all over Shannon Street. They would sit with their hands on their knees and wait for Anna to come tearing in from under the basketball hoop or from the, behind the garage. Here I come, she would be screaming, and ole ole in free, which meant everyone is free, all in free. The long hair she never let anybody cut and her long arms and legs and her famous brown safari shorts, her uncle George sent her from Nigeria screaming, ole ole in free. Who will save her brothers and sisters now? Chained to their jobs and their husbands and wives and ex-wives and children and habits and ideas and fears, closed and open doors and spidery corners. Who will save the hand children now and set them free? Wow. There's I love so that much book. in that, in that yes. one paragraph. I can, I can envision it. And then all the feeling in it too. And I'll tell you what also was fun was this is not her first book. Uh, she wrote, um, I think some story collections came before. And a thing that she does is that she writes, she has these characters. And so I knew Anna Hand from a short story. And then okay. lo and behold, I get this whole novel about Anna. So yeah. it was wonderful. Yeah. And that's I, that's actually what I was giggling about in the middle of it was that I could just picture her coming in in these safari shorts. It just made me giggle the picture <laughs> that came to mind. <laughs> 
So, okay. And then, so that does the, the book follow her life then? It does. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, that's wonderful. I haven't heard of Ellen Gilchrist and I feel a little like, oh man, she's your favorite. I should hear, have heard of her. <laughs> Southern writer. So, you know, I think that's why, and she is a writer. I did not know about until that time period when I was home with the kids. So yeah. and embrace that wild side. That's I love that. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the Anna papers by Ellen Gilchrist. What is the second book of our pairing today? The second book was, is the one published in 1995 and it's Ann Tyler's ladder of years. Okay. And this was like my, uh, my theme book for so long. Uh, I will tell you what it says on the back of the cover. Uh, Baltimore woman walks away from her family during beach vacation. <laughs> and that pretty much sums it up. Uh, in those years, uh, I actually, um, so I, I've written, always written the books down that I read. I have a, <clears throat> I have a list. Um, like when I was in third grade, I had like a little index box that okay. I wrote uh, each book on an index card. Uh, in my adult life, I've just kept a list. And actually on my website, um, there's my reading list that goes back to 2008. Oh my goodness. Uh, okay. I'll yeah. make sure to include a link to that in the show notes because <laughs> that would be really fun to look at. Uh, so I, um, you know, before I started a blog, just like you starting your podcast in those days, in the early two thousands, blogs were all the rage. Yeah. So I started a blog and that's when I started keeping the reading list online. Before that, I just okay. kept it like on a piece of paper. Oh, I love anyway. That. Yeah. Anyway. So this one was, uh, and all these books I've read a million times. Uh, like I just picked up the Anna papers. Um, you asked me if I had anything else to say. Apparently I do. Um, Bring uh, it on. and turn <laughs> and turn to the back. And what I used to do, it reminded me, I would put my initials on the last page of the book and then write the year I wrote it. And so like, I've got all these years in the back. And, and when so I read special. it, yes, it yeah. was, and my husband loved to pick up a book to read it and looking back and see when I read it. But anyway, um, the last, when I wrote, I read this in, um, in July of 2014, I, what I wrote was maybe the best book ever. <laughs> I love that. It's like your own little Goodreads within your books, right? Yeah, like that's your <laughs> right. anyway, back to Ann Tyler's ladder of years and, uh, so this woman walks away uh, from her family and, you know, in those years when it was all children all the time, and I usually had a child in the bathroom with me or banging on the door, uh, that's all I wanted to do was walk away. <laughs> <laughs> and I, uh, I think Elizabeth Berg wrote a book about it, a woman leaving. It was like, I had a special uh, the star that I would put by any novel I read where a woman walked away from her life. Yeah. But I wanted to read just a sentence or two sentences from this book. Okay. Uh, Ann Tyler is a very um, straightforward writer. Uh, she is a joy to read. Uh, and I read her, she, she writes, um, publishes novels frequently or she used to. And uh, so I would always look forward to her new novel. Uh, 
So what I would say about Ann Tyler, the reason I was drawn to her and the reason she wanted, the reason reading her made me want to uh, write was the situations that she could come up with to put her characters in these situations. Okay. And like this book opens with Delia in the grocery store. Okay. okay? That's where Delia is. Sounds about and right. Then, As a mom. Yeah. <laughs> And then in chapter five, <clears throat> uh, and as we know from the back of the book, she walks away. So I'm going to read a line from chapter, two sentences from chapter five. <clears throat> then a deep silence fell, like the silence after some shocking remark. It seemed this town felt as stunned as Delia by what she had gone and done. Wow. I get the chills from that yeah. little bit. Yeah. <laughs> and this one I've read a number of times too. So um, I just love it. In fact, I, I worked on it. Um, I took it apart while I was um, working on my, um, getting my master's degree in creative okay. writing. Wow. Okay. So then we got to read. We don't want to have any spoiler, you know, spoilers in here. So we got to read to find out what happens with her. That's right. <laughs> okay. All right. So that was The Ladder of Years by Ann Tyler. And then what is the last book of our pairing today? The last book is uh, from 1975, and it's James Salter's uh, Light Years. Okay. And this book I was drawn to because of its beautiful language. Uh, it's the portrait Instead of focusing on uh, the woman in particular, it focuses on the marriage, okay. the marriage between Gary and Nidra. And it's just very beautifully written. And I've read this one a number of times too. And so I'm just going to read the very first paragraph. Okay. We dash the Black River, its flats smooth as stone, not a ship, not a dinghy, not one cry of white. The water lies broken, cracked from the wind. This great estuary is wide, endless. The river is brackish, blue with the cold. It passes beneath us blurring. The seabirds hang above it, they wheel, disappear. We flash the wide river, a dream of the past. The deeps fall behind. The bottom is paling the surface. We rush by the shallows, boats breached for winter, desolate piers, and on wings like the gulls, soar up, turn, look back. Wow. It's like poetry. Yeah. Just beautiful. But there's a, yeah, it's a, there's a whole story there. And I met James Salter at a writing workshop many years later i don't i think it was like 2004 2005 and um i said when are you going to write another book about a marriage and he said uh referring to light years doesn't this say it all <laughs> what else could i say I thought, uh, no it doesn't say something else about it but anyway very fun okay and I could see, as you've said, that you like to write about that relationships, right? Those long-term relationships yes. where this would fit right into that. So that's beautiful. Okay. So that was The Light Years by James Salter. I don't do this in every episode because I haven't always read the genre or the topic, but I have an idea of a dessert pairing for you. And I'm wondering oh. if you've read it. 
Um, Fun. Fun. Have you read it's these is my words and that's meant to be like that by Nancy E. Turner. I have not. Okay. It's, it's a fictional story. And why I like this for you is it profiles, um, Sarah Agnes prime is, is her name. And she, it, it's a fictional story, but it's actually meant to be historical fiction about when the, um, Arizona territories were being made. So it's set in like the late 1800s and it's her and her family move out to these Arizona territories and they're going to stake their claim on making a homestead there. And it's actually written in the form of her diary. So that's why it's these is my words. Um, and so it's, I don't know if you like books written like that, but it was, a, I found it really fun to read because I don't read epistolary novels or, you know, a diary form um, that often, but it's a beautiful book. It's about motherhood. It's about adventure. It's about loss. It's about love. And it's, I think it's about a 15 or 20 year period of her life that it's, it's her diary and and just all that happens from them moving out to the Arizona territories. And, and it really focuses on, on her life as the woman in, in this story. So I think you would really like it from that. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. And you're going to put the, you're going to write, put that in the show notes. Yes, so I yeah, can... it'll be in there. I can even email it to you after. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it actually, I had to look a couple of times back and I'm like, am I reading is this a real story? Like a, you know, someone's biography almost because it felt so real being in the story. And there is some brutal scenes in the book. I mean, they've moved out to the Arizona territories, right? To the the wilderness and the frontier. Um, so there are some tough scenes in it, but I felt like it was a really beautiful book because it just highlighted all those aspects of her life, being a mother and falling in love and just all that went along with settling into the frontier. And is it just uh, letters or is it some scenes uh, are some, there's some scenes in there too. I, you know, I've read, I read this probably 10 or 12 years ago. I think there's scenes in there too. Like it didn't feel disjointed. It, it felt like it flowed. Um, but I'm trying to remember. It's been so long since I've read it, but it was, um, I think it's a bit, a mix of both. Well, I do love uh, epistolary novels. I just read one by uh uh, Kimberly, uh, Kimberly Garrett Brown. It was okay. called, um, Cora's kitchen. I read it last year okay. and it's the, the narrator has a relationship, uh, with the poet Langston Hughes, who she met at a library in New York. Anyway, yeah. love the letter. It's amazing. You know, that you, you may find sometimes I get a little resistance about that as a reader, sure. but it's only for a fraction of a second. And then yeah. I'm in it. Yeah. The first one that opened my eyes to that format was the Guernsey Liter Guernsey Literary yes. and Potato um, Peel Pie Society. <laughs> Loved that book, but I'm like, I never thought I would have liked that, but that was like my gateway. I'm like, no, I would give these books a chance. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. So, but yeah, I'll include that. I'll I'll email it to you so you have it. Okay. Um, but that will be in the show notes as well. So that was These Is My Words by Nancy E. Turner. So let's, I like to close our episodes with the bonus pairings, which are just the speed round of questions. Would you prefer an audio or a hard copy book? Hard copy. Okay. All right. And then what is one book that you have read that has changed your life? Oh, I would just say, I mean, all three of those, any th of those three that I mentioned, uh, the Anna papers, you know, made me want to be a writer, made me not want to be an attorney anymore. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And then what are you reading next? Um, oh, um, Homestead. 
you you just said the word homestead. Okay. Um, it's a novel. Uh, it's it's a, a beautiful book. Um, uh, it's on my. Um, it's right here beside me. Okay. Uh, by Melinda Melinda Mustakis. Okay. And uh, I I picked it um, because of its beautiful cover. Oh, look at that. Um, yeah, it's like some some dark dark um, greens, and it's uh, fir trees, or uh, I don't know those trees you see in the Pacific Northwest, uh, hemlocks maybe. Okay. Um, and I did once I, I I fell in love with the cover. I saw it online, and then I did when I looked down to see who the author was. I did recognize her name. She was a Flannery O'Connor Award winner for her collection of short stories. But okay. uh, yeah, I'm super excited. Uh, often judge a book by its cover. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's beautiful. It's got that fogginess to the Pacific Northwest too, right? <laughs> Is it set in yeah, the Pacific Northwest? It's in Alaska. It says okay. right here on the flap, um, Anchorage, 1956. Okay. So we're, it's another oldie. Yeah. <laughs> Although oh, that's it was fun. That's not really yeah. an oldie. Yeah. But I, I love historical fiction would probably be my go-to genre just because I feel like I'm learning at the same time I'm getting a great story. So yes, I agree. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show with me. This has been wonderful to chat with you today. It has been so great to talk to you. I could talk about, as I said, reading all day long. Yeah. We could always <laughs> have you back on later, right? We could have you back on the show a little bit later. So well, thank you for your time. I know it's precious. So I really appreciate all you've given me today. Thank you for your time too. And for having me on. You're welcome. Thank you so much for listening to my conversation today with Cynthia Newberry Martin. We'd love to hear what other books have inspired you at bookishflights.com. That is also where you can find more information on today's flight and any other books that we talked about today. I want to inspire a community of readers. So whenever you share a post about what you are reading or what you are picking up next, especially if you have heard about the book on the show, please tag us. Follow us on Facebook or Instagram at Bookish Flights. This is a brand new show, so if you enjoyed it, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give the show a review. Your review not only helps me, but it also helps the show reach others. Make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to make sure that you will not miss an episode. That's it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. As Emma Thompson said, I think books are like people in the sense that they'll turn up in your life when you most need them. Cheers to you, dear readers. Until next time.